Happy November. I'm thinking of doing something this month that I've been thinking about for a while. I'm thinking about reading pages of Feminist Theory from Margin to Center by Bell Hooks. The reason I'm thinking about doing that is because I keep saying there's a problem with our society with sexual activity. Let's just go there. There's a, and I think the problem is because we live in a patriarchal culture and how sex is viewed. I tend to think, you know, women tend to think they have to be performative during sex, look a certain way. They don't really get to be in the moment and enjoy it. I think that a lot of men, and I'm speaking from younger anecdotal evidence when I was a younger girl, a uh, younger woman, that young men tend to objectify women and their first sexual experiences tend to use women as masturbatory aids. Hell, I remember the guy I first had sex with told me he had sex at 13. I was 17 when I had sex with him and he was also 17, but he claims he had been having sex for four years and a couple different ladies before me. And uh, I don't think people that young should be having sex because if you can't talk about it, you're not ready. At 17, I was very comfortable with sexuality and I talked about it and he fumbled around and was embarrassed to talk about it. So even though he had had more partners and he was in his head, you know, the more experienced one, I remember thinking that my wants and needs and sex mattered and he was offended that I even brought it up. And I remember thinking that was like a red flag back then and I didn't, you know, I just thought that was odd. And I realized what a gift my mother gave to me because maybe it was her being a nurse, maybe it was her being a feminist, maybe it was because she was a teenager in the 70s and, well, let me think. Actually, she was a late teen in the 70s. Let me think, 54 to 70 would make her 16, right? I'm trying to do math now, but anyways, <laughs> 16 and then 20s. So in the 70s and there was this whole feminist movement and I think that my mom didn't grow up with shame around sexuality. Maybe she did and she never talked to me about it. Um, I do know that with my brother and I, she was very open and because she was a nurse, she did it in such a way that it wasn't, I don't know how to describe it. It just, it just was, it's like two plus two is four. There wasn't any uncomfortableness around the way she talked about sex. My brother was telling people where babies came from in elementary school because he had asked my mother and he was an inquisitive kid and she answered him. And I often feel that people that are uncomfortable talking about sex, which is sad to me, by the way, I think that there was so much shame about the, maybe the way they were brought up or the way they learned about it. And so that's why it's awkward for them to talk about. And I don't know how I literally told my children, if you can't talk about sex, you shouldn't be having it. Like, that's how you know you're ready, I feel. You know, I was ready at 17. Um, I really feel like if you can't have these discussions with your partner, you should not be having sex with them. And I think the way that we approach sexuality and talk to our children about it will set the stage for how they feel about it down the road. And I can't tell you the amount of mostly women, mostly women, that I know that grew up with sex being kind of a shameful thing. It was for procreation. If you grew up in a very religious household, which I know enough people that have, it was something that you do with your husband and some toxic religions are like, you don't say no to your husband. 
you're basically his. And, you know, if he doesn't want it from you, he'll get it from somewhere else. And even some men will talk about that. If you don't give it to me, I'll cheat on you. And it's like it's only about what the guy wants. And that's in hetero. I can only speak for heterosexual relationships. There's plenty of podcasts out there that will probably speak to something that people have anecdotal evidence, you know, or what they live through. I can only speak from heterosexual point of view and from a woman's point of view. But I think for this month, I'm going to kind of read some things out of my feminist theory book about sexuality. There is an essay toward a feminist sexual revolution by Ellen Willis. And she says, from a radical standpoint, then, sexual liberation involves not only the abolition of restrictions, but the positive presence of social and psychological conditions that foster satisfying sexual relations. And from that standpoint, this culture is still deeply repressive. Most obviously, sexual inequality and the resulting antagonism between men and women constitute a devastating barrier to sexual happiness. I will argue, in addition, that sexual liberalism notwithstanding, most children's upbringing produces adults with profoundly negative attitudes towards sex. Under these conditions, the relaxation of sexual restrictions leads people to try desperately to overcome the obstacles to satisfaction through compulsive sexual activity and preoccupation with sex. The emphasis on sex that currently permeates our public life, especially the enormous demands for sexual advice and therapy, attests not to our sexual freedom, but to our continuing sexual frustration. I think that you need to maybe re-listen to that whole excerpt out of that, what I just read. We, uh, a lot of sex, especially if you look at a lot of porn, um, it mostly kind of reinforces male domination of women. And we, I think we often always, because it's a patriarchal society, I think a lot of women, when the sexual revolution kind of went through, they were like, we're going to be like men. And that's how we get it. But because we still live in this kind of puritanical society, men still label women expressing sexuality or showing it as whores and sluts. And, you know, I grew up in with 90s hip hop and women were obviously objectified in those videos. And, you know, men were shirtless, waving around and nobody, you know, really said anything about the way they were presenting themselves. But the women, they were. And I just find it very frustrating to be a woman in a society where if you own your sexuality, you're shamed for it. So the other message you're getting is to be quiet about it, take whatever's given to you and just don't complain, which is frightening in itself. So I think that we need to kind of teach our children better. And I think we need to get over hangups we have. I think it's odd that women that are naked in pornos that have an OnlyFans account, majority of men are consuming female sexuality. They'll pay the money for it. But at the same time, they want to degrade them and be angry about what they're doing and try to make them feel less than even though they're the ones that want it. And I think what it boils down to is some of them want it for free. They want to be able to have access to women when they want on their terms. And I think this is something that young boys are growing up feeling entitled to women, whether it's entitled because it's your mom that's somehow yours. It's your sister. When you get to be a man, it's your wife and your daughter. And you feel this ownership over women. 
and this entitlement, whether you're getting, you know, they're carrying your emotional baggage for you, whether it's your partner and they're carrying your emotional baggage and they're giving you the pleasure that you need when you need it. I just think there's this entitlement that men feel that they have to women, that they have this access to us at all times. And it is something that's a big deal in our society. It's something I see play out. I had this conversation with my boys not too long ago. I said, you know, I'm, I am a woman that exists outside of being your mom. I exist outside of being dad's wife. I am my own person. And I think sometimes it's easy to blur those lines when all you grow up is this is my mom and this is what I need to take from them because they're my parent figure, but more so towards women than men. And then I have to think about my own upbringing. Like I said, I am very grateful my mother had a son and daughter. And it's funny because I see how my brother is as an adult man. You know, he, uh, he's cooking, he's cleaning, he's, you know, doing all the things that I do in my household and my husband does as well. And I'm really, I thought in the forties, our generation might be a little bit better about that. I'm hoping in the twenties, the people in your twenties listening that men are better. I, but then I also know that there are friends of mine who grew up in very traditional gender roles, you know, and their husbands, I've heard the women say their husbands don't know how to do laundry. They don't know how to pay bills. And I'm like, how the fuck do they put their pants on? Like, are you still changing their diaper? Like, yeah, I know it's bitchy of me, but like, I don't understand how you can be a fully functioning adult and just check out of doing half of the things that need to be done while just the other person just takes charge. And it tends to be the women in my circle who are taking all the charge. Oh, this person doesn't change diapers. My husband doesn't do that. What if you have to work and the baby's shitty? Does he just not change a diaper? Like, so these are the things I'm going to kind of talk about this whole month. So we're going to do some feminist theory by Bell Hooks this month. I'm going to read different pages out. I might do a few a week. I might do, it just depends. By the way, my son bought this for me for Mother's Day a few years ago. And I love that I've read feminist as fuck to my sons. And I've uh, did a sex education book, like with a feminist background teaching it in feminist and fuck it was actually a whole chapter not the whole book but the we uh read that and we talked about it and you know what my kids were at the time nine and twelve i was about nine ten and fourth grade and we started talking about you know your body going through changes and sex and by the time i was 12 and seventh grade i was being <laughs> i was being shown slides of stds oh venereal warts looks like cauliflower that was literally what the woman said showing us slides a woman came in talked about STDs and kind of was trying to make us laugh about it looked like food. But I can remember what she did not talk about. She did not talk about consent. She did not talk about sexual pleasure. It was more fear-driven, fear-based. Don't have sex without a condom because you can get STDs. You know, abstinence is the best thing. That was it. You know, there wasn't any uh, feminist talk about sex. Like, women are allowed to enjoy sex and Men are not entitled to have it from the women in their lives. There was no talk about, you know, consent. You're allowed to say no. And even if you're in the middle of touching and starting to have sex, there was no talk about homosexual sex. There was no talk about, you know, they didn't talk about anal sex. They didn't talk about lubrication. Like there were, and I get it seventh grade and that might, I get it. But that was the only sexual education I really remember was junior high. And then high school, we had health class. Nobody talked about these things. And I just feel like I don't understand why it's such a huge part of people's lives. We should absolutely be talking about lubrication and we should be talking about foreplay and we should be talking about talking, 
communicating with your partner, your likes and dislikes, which can lead into, do you have any kinks? Do you have any kind of, you know, do you have a degradation kink? Do you like to be tied up? What are safe words? You know, what's a good way to have sex with somebody in these different power positions that you might be playing out, but still be safe? Like, there's just so much involved in sex. And I feel like our society is just penis and vagina. Birth controller condoms don't get pregnant. And if you do get pregnant, it's your own fault because you're a whore and you have to have it. Like, that's kind of the majority of the conversation around sex in our current society. And then there's the shaming. There's definitely the shaming of, um, you know, any kind of sex that falls outside of that category. And then we get into polyam relationships, polyamorous relationships where, you know, people are just, that's, that's too much for them. You know, they're just barely wrapping their minds around lesbian and gay sex that they're like, oh my God, now you can have three partners. And, you know, it's just, there's not enough education. So that's kind of my goal this month. We're going to talk about sex with a feminist point of view. And I feel like that's what we should be doing. And that is what we should be talking about with our children. So that's kind of the spiel for this month. That's what we're doing. And um, each week I will try to make it, well, I'm just going to talk like how I talk because I talk like that around my kids and they're all very comfortable talking about sex. People joke on the masturbation queen. I don't know if they call me the queen. I'm calling myself the masturbation queen. But uh, ever since, you know, my kids were young enough to like ask questions or anything, I just always said, yes, masturbation is very healthy. It's very normal. You find out how you like to be touched and what feels good to you. And then you can communicate that to your partner and let them communicate their needs back to you. It's not shameful here. And I feel like there's a lot of people I know who grew up with shame around even masturbating. Again, more so women. They thought, oh, I don't do that. That's bad. Why is it bad to touch your own body and find out what you like? I don't know how touching yourself can be bad. And I always feel like religion's at the root of all this shit, too. Those patriarchal religions that teach women to be shameful because you can keep them in line when you shame people. And shame is not an emotion I waste time on. I, I don't know why. I don't know how I was built different, as my youngest son says. You know, you're just built different. And he usually means that as a compliment. But, um, and I take it as that because, yes, I'm built different. I don't feel shame around sexuality. I feel lots of curiosity. I read tons of books. Some are not painting some things very well and some are painting them beautifully. So yeah, I, uh, I read books, I watch documentaries. I just think that we really need some kind of um, revolution in our sexual education. And believe me, I've been looking for nurse jobs in sexual education. And of course, we live in a small town, so there's nothing near me that like I can be speaking this openly about it. But my goal is through teaching my own kids and being very open that they will be able to probably have to teach some of their friends because some of y'all do not teach your kids like you should. And I do think there should be some standard. There should be a standard that it's okay to masturbate and touch yourself. And we should be talking about consent from elementary school on up. Sexual education shouldn't be a little blip in seventh grade and a six-month health class in high school. Sexual education should start from fucking preschool on up to adulthood. And I think that conversation has to continue to evolve and grow throughout your entire life. Because maybe in your 20s, you were still unlearning bad behavior of what you grew up with and shame. And maybe by your 40s, you're like, I'd like to get into kink, you know, and you need to be able to still talk about those things and not be ashamed of it. And it's funny because I guarantee somebody's going to be like, well, there's a place in time. 
I guess that's where I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to stand in the grocery line of the woman behind me and be like, hey, you masturbate today? Although I have worn my shirt out that I'm sorry I'm late. I masturbated and people fucking love it. I would say at least 90 to 95% of the people love that shirt. I've had just maybe 5%. It's usually older women that kind of oh, scoff and, you know, look disgusted. But again, they're older women who probably were taught to shame, be shameful around sex. So I get it. They're probably like this younger generation, you know, <laughs> but yeah, no, my goal is to liberate all of you to talk about sex, to not be embarrassed or shy around it, to take your pleasure. You are owed pleasure and sex and your partner and you should be able to talk about this and work towards both of you getting pleasure. And I'm going to leave you with a thought today. When do you all know sex is over? When is sex over for you all? If you're a woman, when is sex over? And if you're a man, when is sex over? I could tell you, I've heard the term, well, I've heard men say, well, when I orgasm, it's over. Because I, you know, some women might say, well, when I orgasm, you know, if he hasn't yet, we keep going. So we kind of have this patriarchal heterosexual that when the man ejaculates, sex is over. It's just something to think about today. I'm going to leave you with that. Sex should be over when both people receive pleasure and they both decide it's over together. So until the next lesson, have a good day.